Hello, Mad Mind Collective, and welcome to another episode of the HypnoSales Show. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about the six ways to take back control of your meetings. Um, I used to have three ways, but now it's six ways because recently we've started to have uh, more remote calls. And so um, I added in three more for remote. So I have in-person meetings and remote meetings. Now, what do I mean by take back control? You know, that's implying that you lost control in the first place. So uh, yeah, sometimes I think that does happen, right? You do lose control of your meeting. Sometimes it's not your own fault though. Sometimes it could be because the customer is just being really uh, adversarial. The customer is really being, they're attacking you for whatever reason. Subconsciously, you've triggered an anger, you know, a fight, a fight mechanism in their primitive area of their mind. And so they naturally just want to they get angry. They're not going to beat you up and fight you for real, but the result of triggering the fight or flight where they want to choose to fight, it's really to be angry and maybe to express that anger emotionally in the meeting towards you. And they kind of take over the meeting and kind of hijack it and kind of really push you off your game. And then you're just kind of left there. Like I've been in a few meetings like this where I'm like, I don't know what to do, right? I'm like, I'm like, it triggers my freeze mechanism in my primitive area where I'm like, uh, what do I do right now? If you've ever felt like that, I mean, have you ever been in a meeting where a customer did that and you're just like, what was it me? What did I do? Maybe there's something going on with them or maybe I said something, you don't know. But the, the result is that they're getting angry and they're sort of, or, or they're just taking over the meeting. They don't like the way you're running it. So they're just stepping in and hijacking it. If you've, I, if you've ever had anybody hijack a meeting, it's a similar kind of a feeling where you're like, I don't know what to do. So I've learned some of these ways that I've uh, you know, tested out myself and perfected over the years. So I want to share the six ways, three in person and three remote. So the first one is called the two shoe method. And then some of you that are watching, you know, I've coached before, you know about my two shoe method is I made this kind of famous with a few people uh, in some previous jobs I've worked with you before. A two shoe method is basically, um, uh, all it is is looking down at the floor, like if you're in a meeting and you're standing or you're presenting and it gets out of control like that, someone gets angry or whatever, you take a moment to look down and you just look at your shoes and you say to yourself, one, two, two shoe, one shoe, two shoe, just like that, one, two, you just look down, one shoe, two shoe, you look down, okay? So think about the body language of what that's telling the customer after they've, maybe they're being irate, they're being uh, emotional and they're ranting, maybe they ranted, they're hijacking or whatever, and by looking down like this at your one, two, sh one shoe, two shoe, what is that? What body language is that giving off, right? You, you know, you're being thoughtful. You're having to think. You don't want to say anything just yet, but you're not disengaging. You're just thinking about it, right? They ask you a question. They ask you a tough question. It's a, it's a, an objection. Uh, they just rant and then they ask, you know, something really harsh and just like a total objection right to you. You look down, you go one, two, and then you and then you ask another question or answer or whatever. What that does is it gives a it causes it forces you to pause. It forces you to pause. That's why I like sometimes I use the force you method. Force you, or I go one two, one shoe two shoe three shoe four shoe. Like I'll I just say that to myself to force myself to pause long enough to let the silence clear out of the room. Let them realize that I'm not going to just react right away that I'm going to be thinking about what I'm going to say. 
And that also, it gives off the body language of like, what you said to me is really affecting me. It's really affecting me. It's getting into me and I'm, I'm really listening. So I'm not reacting and kind of attacking back and trying to spar with you because you want to get angry. I'm not getting angry back. You get angry, you are irate, you take over the meeting, you're hijacking the meeting, and here I am going. And I'm taking a breath and then I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. And, I, and I, it sends the message, body language, that what you said, I'm taking to heart. I'm, I'm understanding it. Even though you may not be, you might be, but it forces you to give the body language to them. So that's the one shoe, two shoe, or three shoe, four shoe method. And then you answer. So that will get you, that will get you back in, in controlling the meaning. And now the attention's back on you, everyone. That person's done talking. They're waiting for your response. You're holding the response. You're holding the pause. So the attention comes back on you. Now you can take over the meeting again. And the next thing you can say is, I would suggest we do this. Or is it okay? Ask their permission. Is it okay that we table that or maybe talk about it uh, right now and just get this get this done? Or whatever. Like you, you come up with a response of what you think that's going to be controlling the meeting. But now the attention's back on you. The second one is, um, window gazing. So this is whenever they're being so irate that they're not even giving you a chance to respond. They're really attacking you for no reason. They're being almost mean to you. If you've ever had a customer or client, they're just being mean. They're just being uh, disrespectful to you because you're there to try to help them. And for whatever reason, either something you said or something, something that they had an expectation and an experience that's not congruent, right? Remember we talked about assumptions, they assume the wrong thing and suddenly it triggers that fight mechanism and now they're just like totally all over you. So I call this window gazing because if I'm in the meeting and there's a window in the room, hopefully, if there's a window somewhere, I just walk up to the window, I just kind of walk over to the window and I just look out the window and I turn my back to the meeting. I just look out the window, I just kind of, and just admire the scene like that. Like I let them see the back of my head. I don't know, I don't know if my hair looks all great. Hair looks crazy anyway, but you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm letting them see the back of me while I'm ignoring them basically. So I'm indicating to them that, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, there's something more important than what they're ranting about right now. Like it, it doesn't bother me. I'm just, I would rather spend my time looking at the view because it's beautiful. And, and I wait for them to say something because if the silence, again, I'm causing the silence to happen. And then this is what, this is what will happen. They'll say, Hey Maverick, are you paying attention? Maverick, did you hear what I said? And I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. No, I was just admiring the view. You have a great view. This office is a great office. I love how high we are. You know, like if we're on a high floor, or I love the fact that you can see some of these trees. I and I'll point something out out the window that I'm gazing at, and I'll just kind of dissociate what they just said from the meeting and turn it into another subject to break the pattern, to break the pattern and get them away from what they just said and diffuse all that hate or anger or whatever it is that they're throwing at me, I don't, I don't accept it. I just go to something else. And then they say, oh yeah, um, I just noticed you have a great view. You should be really happy about it. I mean, I, I wish I had an office like this. Okay, so let's get back to what you were saying. Here's what I suggest. And then you, now you're in control again because you've diffused. You're not letting what they say affect you and you're just looking out. And so subconsciously it triggers that subconscious for them to go, what's going on? It's a breaking the pattern to where they, they freeze and they're freezing now. What is he doing? Why is he talking about the trees out of the window? See, now I can use that to hypnotically get into the subconscious and start suggesting, I suggest we do this, I suggest we do that. And I say that word, suggest, because I'm using that little moment of time to put it into the subconscious when I've broken the pattern 
by gazing out the window unexpectedly. So that's another way to use hypnosis and hypnosale, the hypnotic language communication to break the pattern and then take over the control of the meaning again. The third one is just plain silence because most people don't expect you to be silent after they rant or after they take over and hijack and they go in and then they're asking you all these questions or they're just criticizing you and they're pounding you, they're beating you up, they're beating the crap out of you. Um, I, just, I just go like this. And I have a poker face. I'm silent, awkwardly, awkwardly, uncomfortable. I wait until they say something. Like that, like as if I was a, a wax figure or something, right? And and you'll be amazed if you can do this. If I don't know if you if you ever want to try this, um, uh, I, I I would say do this if you could. Don't don't try. Remember, don't try. You always want to do, do it, and you'll see. It's amazing. They'll just be like, what's going on? And they, it breaks that pattern, and suddenly they just have to, they have to have to hand over the control back to you because you're not because you're not doing anything. You're not following the pattern. They expect you to you're not taking the bait. You're not taking the bait. You're just being silent. And they say uh, and then when they finally say something like, Maverick, are you okay? I'm like, sure, I'm okay. And then I wait for them to say something like, Well, did you hear what I just said? Sure, I just heard what you said. I would suggest something a little different. So if you would be open minded to listen to what I'm going to say right now, I would like to suggest something to you. Would you be willing to do that? So in other words, I start to take control and get their permission out of respect, get their permission, but I start to take control again by first having that silence and breaking the pattern. Now that's what you do in in-person meetings. Now on remote meetings, you can kind of achieve the same type of effects, but you're going to use things like muting. Like you can, so here's an idea, right? You're on a Zoom or WebEx or something and they're talking and they're ranting and they're taking over and they ask you a question and then you're on mute. And you can even go start talking. If you have your cameras on, right, you can be like, start talking and wait till they say, hey, you're on mute. Hey, you're on mute. And then ignore them. Just keep talking. It's where they're like, uh, Maverick, you're on, you're on mute. So they almost start to feel sorry for you that you didn't hear that you're on mute, that you're almost like embarrassing yourself. So they start to realize, oh, man. And, the, and so then you, then you come up, oh, I, was I on mute? I apologize. So you can use that to your advantage to break that pattern, get them feeling sorry for you, and it diffuses, again, it diffuses what they were saying when they were in the heat of that anger or whatever that irate thing that they're doing that they took over that meeting and they're just criticizing you. Now, screen sharing is another one you can use as well um, where you can um, uh, just, if you're sharing your screen and they start to take over, they start to take over, maybe it's not as irate, but they start to like hijack the meeting or whatever remotely, um, you just stop sharing. Just stop sharing your screen and then go on mute. <laughs> go on mute, stop sharing your screen, just stare at the camera, stare at them. Just like I was saying, like on this one in the silence, just make it awkward for them. You're in the middle of the presentation, you were talking, suddenly you're on mute and stop sharing, they're staring at them. Or maybe even turn your camera off. Turn your camera off where they can't even see you. I would rather keep it on. I like to keep it on and just like stare at them. Nod, you just wait for them to go, what's going on? And you're like, um, can I, is, I, I'm sorry, I thought you were, want, you were saying something. You, did you want to share your screen? Or, oh, is it okay if I share my screen back again? And now you're taking control again. You're taking control again. Um, so you can do the screen, user screen sharing. Also, uh, in some, some of the remote uh, software, like in Zoom, for example, when you share your screen, it always pops up, like whatever window they're looking at, it'll pop up the, the full screen again in front of them again. So sometimes I'll stop sharing and start sharing just to force it in front of their whatever window they're looking at. If I've lost them, if they're checking emails, I'll just interrupt them again by stopping and starting again. So you can use that as a way uh, 
to kind of take over the meaning if it's simply you've lost their interest or attention. You get their attention back by stopping and then starting sharing immediately again. And just do that every five minutes, right? Stop and start and say, oh, I'm having trouble with my sharing. Sorry. And then but you keep doing it to get keep your window in front of them. Um, and then the last thing, uh, if they're being really irate and controlling uh, the meeting and, um, and they just let into you, and they're just being disrespectful, kind of like, like I was saying in, in person, if they do it online at all during a remote meeting, what you can do is you can stop and say, um, oh, do you mind repeating yourself? But this time, could you just give me a one or two sentence summary of what, of what you were just saying? You just said a lot right there. You just said a lot. But I would appreciate it if you could just maybe give me one or two sentences that summarizes what you were saying. And what this does is it causes their subconscious, you're reaching into their subconscious, Right, you're breaking the pattern first because they're not expecting you to say that. But then you're also getting into the subconscious and you're trying to get them to use their logical, uh, logical mind, which then the subconscious has to give up to the logical mind to figure out how do I summarize this. And then, and then there's a point where they'll be like, wait, wait a minute, summarize. Like they'll start to summarize. And I'm like, wait a minute, why, why am I summarizing? I don't and then at that moment, you can, you can take, take advantage and say, okay, look, uh, if you can't summarize it, let me let me just say what I want to suggest, what I suggest we do, and, and then you now have control of the meaning again because they weren't able to summarize because they weren't expecting that. So it's another form of breaking the pattern. They're not expecting you. They're expecting you to react to this, all this stuff that they're saying, and you're reacting. You're just basically disassociating it and saying, um, could you just repeat that one more time? But, but this time, could you just give me one or two sentences? Summarize that for me. I'd appreciate that. I mean, think about it. If, if you were like, you know, taking over my meeting and then I said that, you'd be like, wait a minute, what summarize what I got to go back and think about this logically? And what, one or two sentences, like you're giving them a task, you're giving them direction. So then if they, if they start to let you do that, then, you, then you, you start to take back over control of the meeting again at that point. So anyway, I hope these are all uh, helpful for you. Um, it does take a little bit of practice, but hopefully um, this is something you, you will do and uh, pick one or two of these to work on in your meetings for in those moments whenever it goes sideways or they take over or they're being irate and not treating you with respect. You can treat them with respect, but just know that you have the right, equal right to be comfortable. And that's what, that's what all these kind of have in common is the fact that you're being comfortable in yourself and not letting them affect you. And you take back the control when you're ready to take back control. Anyway, thanks for watching. Share this with anyone else you think would be interested or have value for them as well. And I look for you uh, again on the next video in the episodes of Hypno Sales Show. My name is Maverick. We'll see you later. Time to scroll on.